You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round what is going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast proud partner of the pigskin podcast network you can find them at pigskin podnet on twitter or you can search the hashtag tppn matt is here with me we are going to recap the monday night football game between the giants and the cowboys we will give you guys our top 10 players at each position for week four and then of course we will preview what could possibly be a very good thursday night football game between the miami dolphins and the cincinnati Bengals. matt how are you doing on this incredible wednesday well apparently i'm doing better than joey bosa who uh just went on ir uh maybe doing better than the entire uh, charger organization who Half of them are injured, and the other half got destroyed by the Jaguars. Man, I'll tell you what. This has really been my year, and I can tell you how I know that. So in like four of my – and I know nobody cares about listening to other analysts' fantasy leagues. Too bad. Fast forward like 30 seconds, and I'll be done, I promise. But in four of my main leagues, I am a top three or four scorer in either ninth to last place. Like, I have one win in most of those. It's not great. Not pretty. Even though, again, top four score altogether in the league. On top of that, you just mentioned Joey Bosa, right? The Chargers look horrible. And you know who doesn't look good but team does? The Miami freaking Dolphins, who are probably going to go win a Super Bowl this year, which then will require me to get a Dolphin tattoo on my lower back because Tua Tonga-Viola is going to win a Super Bowl, even though it's not because of him. 
I don't know. He's actually looked pretty incredible. No, no, Matt, stop. Stop. He has not looked good. It is because of the Dolphins and Mike McDaniels. It, it, it's because of the Dolphins and Mike McDaniels. I, I mean, I'm torn. No, he, he hasn't looked I, horrible. I don't want I, your I, lower back to look like that, but I also I can't, you know, can't see myself rooting for the Chargers over any other team in the AFC. So that's understandable, you know, but it's just one of those things where, you know, things were looking so bright just a few months ago and not well, so much anymore. And, you know, I know digressing a little bit, but the there's some bad energy going on for the Charger organization. Like, you're right about the talks about do they have a coaching issue, you know, they had a lot of pressure um, put on them because of the moves they made and because people like the talent that they've assembled so much. But they, I, we haven't even gotten to see the best version of their team out there because one of or the or more of the pieces have been out every week, and now I'm not even going to get it. You know, the whole appeal of having Bosa and Khalil Mack opposite each other is suddenly evaporated. JC Jackson is a great corner. Is he ever going to play really consistently for them? And I, you know, my favorite meme on Sunday was somebody used that Jordan Peele meme where he's like sweat pouring down his face for uh, Justin Herbert when he's going in to get his injection in the ribs. It's, it's fascinating. It's a long season. I always have to remind myself sometimes teams look like they're, they're out of it. Uh, you know, I told people I forgot when Paid Manning first came to Denver um, until somebody reminded me they were one and two to start the season. He looked terrible. And I thought, oh, man, they wasted all this money. And they ended up 13 and three as like the number one seed in the AFC. So weird things happen. They do. Uh, don't see weird things happening in the fact of like the Dolphins sucking and the Chargers all of a sudden is storming back again. It's not over yet. Let's just, you know, hope he doesn't win. I mean, you're talking about the same Dolphins team that went 0-7 to start last season. You don't see a chance of them sucking. I mean, look, I I said it when it happened, and I really do believe, like, Mike McDaniels is a game changer. He is a really good head coach, and... I don't uh, – who was it? 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 Someone with the Browns, and I cannot remember for the life of me who it was now. Wide receiver, short – Andrew Hawkins. Andrew Hawkins did an interview with Rich Eisen. Uh, for any of you who don't know, Rich Eisen has his own radio show. I believe it's on Sirius XM. I know he does yeah. some NFL stuff. Okay, so I watched a clip of him talking about Mike McDaniels before Mike McDaniels ever got hired by the Dolphins when he was still kind of like working with Jimmy Garoppolo. And he talked about how when Mike McDaniels showed up to the Browns, Andrew Hawkins had been a pro, I think, for like six or seven years at that point, thought he knew everything he knew he, he could about the receiving game. And McDaniels com- showed him a completely different side of football. He said, I, I don't remember exactly where he went to school. I think it was Stanford or Yale. He said that he takes, like, he's got an engineering degree. He takes what he knows in a practical sense and applies it to football. He talks about in that interview how he's literally, like, the smartest football mind he knows. And it's not just the wide receiver position. He'll go in and and he knows how to work the offensive line works, how quarterbacks work. We know he was the run game coordinator as well for the, the 49ers. Like, he goes in and he tries to learn everything he can about every position so he can help coach each one of those positions. So, I do think he's going to be the game changer. I think it's fair to say Tua has never looked as good as he has looked so far this year. 
And I think you have to say a big factor in that is Mike McDaniels. I'm sure Tyreek Hill helps a little bit in how good of a wide receiver he is, but man, he, he almost looks like a different player at times. He really does. And you were right. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, it's, it's going to be the bane of my existence because I actually like Mike McDaniels and I want to see him succeed. And he's going to end up leading to me getting, maybe I can get, you know what? Uh, everybody who's listening out there, I'm going to make this promise to all of you now, actually. If Tua does win a Super Bowl and I have to get this dolphin tattoo, I will get Mike McDaniels riding the dolphin added onto the tattoo because I'm such a big fan of Mike McDaniels. So, McDaniel. No S. Nah. Let's not confuse him with the disaster that coaches. And Josh McDaniels? Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's let's talk about um that would be an ironic tattoo though, too. You should put it. <laughs> oh, I will. It will be Mike McDaniel and then they, on there now. No regret. No one of those here. one of those things where like it's a small body, but like the big head with like his hair comes back in the big old glasses, just him with that goofy smile. It's, it's happening now. All right. Uh so in more important news, Jonathan Taylor misses his first practice ever. We're not really worried about this, right, Matt? No. No, I the Colts, my God, they're a tough team to figure out. I I know they're playing Tennessee, who's also sucked. I was mildly surprised that they're like a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I, I did not realize that either. Let's uh, Speaking of the running back position, let's move on to one who has been succeeding in the New York Giants and Saquon Barkley, and one who's kind of been moving more and more into a timeshare, and that's Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard, as they played the Monday night game in the Dallas Cowboys, finding a way to beat the Giants 23-16. Matt, is the Cowboys offense better than we thought it was going to be? You know, I think they might be. Um, C.D. Lamb has been playing pretty well, saw 12 targets, caught eight of them for 87 and touchdown. I like Noah Brown. Um, They're going to get Gallup back. They're going to get Schultz back, which is good. But you're not wrong. It's not sort of moving into a timeshare. It's a straight up timeshare. That was a competitive game all the way through. Tony Pollard got 13 carries, went for 105 yards. They had Zeke in 15 carries for 73 yards. During large swaths of the second half that I was watching, Pollard was someone out there starting drives, and when they needed to give him a blow, they they put Zeke out there. So they are using them both, and that's been reasonably effective. What I think has been most impressive to me is they have a lot of young guys and new pieces on the offensive line. Famously, you know, Tyler Smith was that first-round draft pick. A lot of people question it draft night, um, which you'll probably recall. A lot of concern when Tyron Smith was lost for the season, but Tyler Smith is holding up pretty darn well. Yeah, he's he's looked better. I mean, Tony Pollard has looked amazing. He's a guy that I have quite a few shares of. Um, we were just actually talking beforehand. I did not get a chance to watch a lot of this game Monday night. Uh, but I knew Tony Pollard did well because uh, come Tuesday and today, I've gotten a ton of trade offers for him. So I has assumed he had did pretty good on Monday night. It turns out that he did on the giant side here. Um, how do we feel about the giants pass off? I mean, week one seemed a little bit sketchy, but I kind of feel like Daniel Jones has not been too bad the past couple weeks. He's been okay. Um, so by far their leading target person 
through three games of Sterling Shepard, who had been off to a pretty decent start. If you saw the game at all um, down the end, a total non-contact play, blew his ACL, he's done for the year. It's fair to wonder what his career is after this because he was coming off another kind of injury-riddled season, signed a one-year prove-it deal. Kenny Galladay got on the field for more than a couple of snaps. He actually got three targets. He had one beautiful ball that was a crucial third down that he just straight up dropped. I don't know what to make of him. Um, You're not even seeing Darius Slayton out there. You're not seeing Kadarius Toney and Wandale Robinson. I know those guys are struggling with injuries. You know what comes back there. Daniel Jones, you're is not a terrible like super flex option, but not so much because of his passing. He's been running a lot, you know, in 79 yards uh, to supplement stuff. But I don't know how you'd feel possibly confident starting any pieces of this Giants passing game outside of deep league dark throws. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked about it, I, I feel like, since week one. It's Saquon Barkley, and that's it. And he has been tremendous and I'm very curious what this is going to end up meaning for him because the Giants didn't pick up his fifth year option right so I mean he's going to has a chance to be I doubt they franchise tag him so he has a shot to be a free agent coming off what's so far been a really good season I just hope that he is able um to stay healthy that way this, he can kind this of is just, his fifth year is it I thought he had one I thought uh let me double check, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, you may be right. Year, year five, because he was one year ahead of Daniel Jones, who's in his fourth yeah, year. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Well, look at that. I could have sworn. So they did pick up his option, but this is his fifth year. They haven't extended him or anything like that. So no, and but to be fair, he's looked great this year. He was incredible as a rookie. An okay second season, but the last two years, like last year. He appeared in 13 games and barely got 500 yards. Yeah. I think there was some question about how durable he can be and what he can produce. He's looked more like the Saquon of old, you're right. He only got 14 carries, which is kind of curious in a game that was relatively close the whole way through. Turned it into 81 yards and touchdown, had a nice 36-yard run. Also caught all four of his targets for 45. He's been great when they're getting him involved. I just This offense is still not incredibly high volume. I'm going to be really curious. Probably the the strangest 2-1 and one versus 2-1 and one game in the history of the NFL is the Chicago Bears, who have next to no passing offense, coming to battle these Giants who have next to no passing offense. Poor, poor Justin Fields. Hour and a half game. Everybody runs the wishbone. Yeah. Speaking of Justin Fields, if you guys are watching this live, we will have Mark Schofield on tonight to actually talk about Justin Fields on Debbie Debate. So that'll be an interesting conversation. Speaking of quarterbacks, we are giving our top tens at each position for week four. Matt, why don't you kick it off with your top ten quarterbacks? Yeah, and I sadly and unsurprisingly do not have Justin Fields in my top ten. I have him in mine, so let's see. I'm just kidding. I don't. I wish I did. Great for you. Uh, number 10 for me, Matthew Stafford. Um, I know they're going against San Francisco, but he's been uh, doing pretty well. Uh, number nine, Justin Herbert. I dropped him a little bit because I'm a little worried about that injury and just the overall look of the Chargers squad. Number eight, Carson Wentz. You may want to laugh, but he's still putting up 
quite a bit of yards and points. He's still up there. Number seven, probably one of the biggest risers for me this year, is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the last two games, he has not dropped below 73% completions, five touchdowns, no interceptions, and that was against the Chargers last week. I think it's going to be an up-tempo game playing the Eagles this week. Might actually be the game of the week. Who would have guessed that back in August? Number six for me, Kyler Murray. The Cardinals have not looked great, but he has been kind of a one-man show. Back to running and throwing, he's looking good. Uh, number five, Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game on Thursday night with Miami and Cincinnati. Um, the way, you know, I think neither of these teams has had success running the ball. Both of them have uh, been very successful going through the air. I think that continues. <clears throat> number four for me, Jalen Hurts. He's been going great. I do not think the Eagles are going to suffer the Chargers' fate when they play the Jaguars. Number three, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I expect him to have a decent bounce-back game against Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Number two, Lamar Jackson. And number one, Josh Allen. Those two play each other. That's probably the premier game I want to see. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of my favorite sports podcasts using Raycon's Wireless 3 Airbuds. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better. Better than ever, actually. With optimized gel tips and a perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, they will not budge whenever you're moving around. Trust me, I work on a job that requires me to move 24-7. They're never falling out of my ear, which I appreciate. Not only that, but Raycon gives you 8 hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Raycons are priced just right to get the quality audio at half the price. Other premium audio brands charge you a lot. And no, it's no wonder why Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. My favorite things about them, the earbud tap function. When I'm sitting there talking to somebody and didn't realize that my podcast is still going, I can quickly just tap the button to stop what I'm doing. Noise isolation as well is incredible for me. I get to some loud environment sometimes and I'm able to actually just listen and hear just what I want to which is my sports stuff they're telling me what I need to know to continue moving about my day I use them all the time whether I'm working out working or honestly just sitting at home and listening to sports podcasts sometimes some music to get in the mood I'm not gonna lie to you guys a little bit of Harry Styles it's not the same as it was. It gets me going. I love that kind of music. It puts me in a working kind of atmosphere at home when I'm working on everything for the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPPN today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN to score 15% off. Again, buyraycon.com slash TPPN. PN, some of the best headphones that I have used. You go get them today. They're worth it, guys. Go get them. Yes, sir. All right. So mine at number. T- oh shoot, I did twelve. Uh, so That's we'll fine. go back up to ten. Uh, Rogers, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I know he has not been great, uh, but I, I still feel like he's eventually going to turn this around. I still believe in him. Maybe it's because I just I have so many shares of him, but I, I really expect him to eventually turn this around. He does get New England, which I think. Really could be New England. Yeah, I mean, it it could be a really bad game. He's just with Mac Jones out now for a while. At nine, I have Tom Brady. I think this could be a good game. I am worried, obviously, about the hurricane stuff. They are talking about moving this to Minnesota. Minneapolis, yep. 
Okay, so if that happens indoors, you know, obviously this offensive line has been poor, but Mike Evans will be back. You get Russell Gage on that turf. I think obviously Mahomes and Kansas City will be able to put up points, which is going to put pressure on Brady. Even though I've kind of been out on him this year, I think I do think he has a good week this week. At eight, I have Kyler Murray going up against Carolina. I think the same thing could happen. We just mentioned right um, with Aaron Rodgers blowing out New England. I think they could easily blow out Carolina here. He's not been giving you a lot of rushing, but he's still been doing fairly good passing the ball, and I think that continues this week. At seven, I have Joe Burrow going up against Miami. You mentioned probably one of the more high-scoring games. That's the game tomorrow night. We'll preview that here in a little bit. I actually have two at 12, so I do have both of them in my top 12. I'm a little bit worried about what exactly is going on with two. We heard he said whatever. He said he's playing. Dehydrated. There was yeah. cut. That didn't look like dehydrated. I've been dehydrated. That was not dehydration, but whatever. I'm not here to – judge any of that i think it's stupid to throw yourself back into a game like that but i get the competitiveness and you regardless i'm a little worried about what he could be so i have him at 12 i still think that he'll be able to put up some points at six i'm with you i have t law i I, i've said for a long time that i thought justin fields was the best quarterback in this group trevor lawrence may be showing all of us that it really was urban meyer last year i mean the three of us dennis who's obviously not here we're not fans of that hire last year to begin with a lot of people weren't He's looked good. Now, definitely going up against Philly, I have some pause because Philly's defense has been very good. But I expect Jalen Hurts in this offense to put up points and T-Law to try and find a way to match. It's also a revenge game for Doug Peterson, who I think wants to go out there and get a win with T-Law as well. So I think T-Law is going to go out there and have a good game. At five, I have Mahomes, just mentioned, going up against the Buccaneers and Brady. Buccaneers defense has been... uh, probably a little bit better than average. I wouldn't say as good as it has been the past couple of years. Again, possibly being moved up to Minneapolis in the Dome. I think that means nothing but good things for the Chiefs offense. At four, I have Jalen Hurts. I just expect him to continue to dominate. Jacksonville's defense has been good, but I don't think they've played an offense quite like uh, like the Eagles. So I'm very curious. This actually might be the game I pay the most attention to because I think it has it has a chance to be a lot of fun. At three, I have Herbert. Um, I expect him to probably destroy Houston, but I am still a little bit worried. He really struggled in the first half of that game. Obviously, I think it's because of the rib injury. Now, he really did seem to play much better in the second half. But if that injury really starts to bother him more and more, if they get up by a couple touchdowns, which may not happen because Houston has looked like a good team, but if it does happen, I would not be surprised if they pull him. So I, I have him a little bit lower, but still expect him to have a good game. At two, I have Lamar Jackson. I mean, and then one Josh Allen. You mentioned they play each other this week. Again, Buffalo back-to-back probably games of the week here. Lamar, I think, has a shot to be MVP. He's on pace right now putting up better numbers than he did in his MVP-type season. I think he's very much showing Baltimore, you should have paid me. And I think as long as he stays healthy, he's going to get the bag at the end of the season. Uh, I am all for it as well. I, you know, Lamar has been fantastic so far this season. And it's going to be a tough matchup. Buffalo's defense, very good. But the fact that he can do it on the ground has been very efficient as a passer as well. I'm excited to watch this offense. All right. Flipping over to running back uh, at number 10, I have James Robinson. He has uh, looked like a wonderkin. Uh, coming back from Achilles, uh, moved him up. I will be uh, honest. My assumption in doing rankings is that DeAndre Swift won't play because they're talking about that shoulder, probably taking him out for a couple weeks, even as coach uh, hinted at that. Number nine for me, Derrick Henry. Um, 
They're going to need him if they want to have a chance to win against Indianapolis. Number eight, Dalvin Cook. It looks like he is tracking toward playing um, some danger there, so that's that's worth watching. Uh, number seven, Aaron Jones. I think it's going to be another big uh, Aaron Jones game, uh, getting things going. Number five, Austin Eckler. Like to see him get involved more. Uh, I think they're gonna do some more things with him. We've seen teams be able to run really well against Houston and be able to catch passes against Houston, and I think that will take some of the pressure off of Justin Herbert and a passing game that hopefully gets Keenan Allen back. Number four, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'm still still feeling hopeful. That offense has not looked good, but uh, number three, Saquon Barkley. Uh, number two, Nick Chubb, who has been incredible and i think that game oh i missed my six when i was scanning is cordero patterson so i have patterson and chubb both up in there both those guys have been great for their team i think that atlanta cleveland game is actually going to be kind of fun to watch from an offensive football standpoint both offenses have put up some points and then number one still jonathan taylor i hope so birthday party this weekend kids and wife <laughs> will be gone so well no i oh. won't be there so like oh, I, I thought I'll you, meant you had to go <laughs> No, no. So I have a chance to kind of sit back and watch. I'm excited. I actually, I've seen, so I know we talked a little bit about this on Monday uh, and Marcus Mariota has actually not looked bad, right? I've seen, I saw a lot of people today talking about it's time to throw Desmond Ritter out there and see what happens. I'm not against it. Big Desmond Ritter guy here. I'd like to see what happens, but I, I don't know this quite time to sit Marcus Mariota I mean, yet. London's been good. Uh, Pitt's coming off his best game. They just went to Seattle and won. Uh, if you were going to make that move, if they had lost, I would understand uh, we're gonna it more. We're going to lose this weekend. Let's hope. Well, and then, you know, if you're one and three, I think you need to look at it. Atlanta's schedule. I would want to give Ritter the best chance to succeed, and I would be picking that matchup pretty carefully. Yeah. All right, so 10 for me. This may be a little bit of a shot in the dark, but I don't think David Montgomery plays. I'm putting in Khalil Herbert. Saw how good Tony Pollard looked against this Giants defense Monday night. I think he's better than Tony Pollard. He looked really good in that game last week. He's been a guy that I've loved since his senior year at Virginia Tech. Talked about him being a sleeper in that draft class. I think he has a chance to ball out if Montgomery is out. I have Cordero Patterson at 11. So I was like kind of flip-flopping between the two of them and decided to go with my guy Herbert. At 9, I have Javante. I know that they're like – not giving him the full workload, but he is just looking really good. I know Melvin Gordon's taken a couple of the goal line carries and gotten some touchdowns. I don't necessarily hate it because I have Melvin Gordon in a couple spots and I've been having being forced to start him. But I think at some point at the end of the season, we'll be talking about Javante being the clear best back in this backfield. And I think that will start to eventually take shape over the season. I think he's going to have a good game against the Raiders here. At eight, I have Derrick Henry going up against Indy. They have not looked at all like the team we thought they were going to be or even this defense we thought they were going to be. Plus, Henry had a very good game last week. I expect him to continue doing as the Titans are doing everything they can to try and get back into the playoff race. At seven, I have Najee Harris going up against the Jets. We just saw what Nick Chubb did against them a couple weeks ago and even Kareem Hunt. You know, While I'm not going to say Najee is as good a runner as Nick Chubb, as long as he continues to get the volume, he's going to put up points. Plus, I believe Zach Wilson's going to be back this week. I don't know that the Jets are going to be super competitive because they have not so far looked good under Zach Wilson. At six, I have Austin Eckler going up against Houston. Uh, I'm just a little hesitant. I feel like he's not been as productive as we thought he was going to be, so still think he has a good game here against Houston. I'm not putting him too high. Five for net. 
Last year, he thrived in getting – actually, really, in the past two years, he's thrived in getting these receptions and the rushing yards. I think, again, with this wide receiver core being as beat up as it is, eventually Brady's going to start checking down to him more often. Uh, didn't get a ton of work last week. I think that changes this week for net up here at five for me. At four, I have Chubb. Uh, I'd love to put him up at two, but I felt like I was being a homer, so thank you for doing it because I wanted to put him higher. Uh, I just think he's, as you mentioned, going to have a good game. Atlanta's defense, not great against the run. They've shown they want to rely on him until Deshaun Watson gets back. I expect him to have another great game this week. At three, I have Saquon Barkley going up against the dumpster fire that is the Chicago Bears. He's looked good. Again, Barkley, just please stay healthy. That's all we're asking. Two, it's still CMC for me, and I know he's dealing with an injury again, but and and Baker Mayfield, God bless you, Baker Mayfield. I I, I won't quit you, but my God, you are making the Panthers look horrible. My shares of DJ Moore are very, very upset right now, but I think he gets a chance to get it going here against a bad Arizona defense, and then number one for me is still Jonathan Taylor as well. Yeah, and the bad news for you, both Chris Godwin and Julio Jones are back in practice. That's not bad news because one of those teams, my redraft league, where I'm the second highest scoring team in the league and I'm 0-3, I have Chris Godwin. I would very much be happy to have him back so I could put DJ Moore on my bench right now. Well, that was kind of the reason I have uh, Fournette a little bit lower is I thought that they actually – plus I was shocked last week when they literally had no receivers. I thought Fournette was going to be going ham and they have had trouble. I think that offensive line – while it's bothering Brady, some is actually taking a bigger bite out of Lenny. Uh, yeah, wide receivers. That, that offensive oh, line yeah. is bad. It's bad. It is bad. Uh, wide receivers for me, number 10, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, when he plays, uh, Matt Ryan only has eyes for him unless it's in the goal line area, and then he apparently only has eyes for Jelani Woods. Uh, number nine, Tyreek Hill. Uh, number eight, A.J. Brown. Number seven, um, it's because I respect him as Devontae Adams, but I'll be honest, Pat Sertan and Jeff Okuda have been the two guys that have just – murdered opposing wide receivers. Yeah. Sertan did not allow a single completion against him uh, last week, which could bode poorly for Devontae Adams. Number six, Debo Samuel. Nobody gets up for the Rams like Debo Samuel. I expect him to get carries. I expect him to get some receptions. I expect him to be a big part of what they're doing. Number five, Jalen Waddle. Waddle has, as we thought, been the best receiver. Both receivers have produced more than we thought they might to this point. But even last week when they couldn't get Tyreek going, they got Jalen Waddle going. Number four, Jamar Chase. I think it's an up-tempo game. I think he's going to be the focal point. Number three, Justin Jefferson. Number two, Stephon Diggs. Um, the Ravens' pass defense is not great, Bob. And Stephon yeah. Diggs has been getting a lot of targets. And then number one, if he can't do it through the air, he's damn well going to do it on the ground, and that's little Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah. My 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 few shares of Cooper Cup are very happy about that. Um, so at number 10 for me is Jalen Waddle. As you just mentioned, he's been extremely good. I expect him to go out there and have another good game here. He's listed as questionable, but I believe he's going to be fine and play. Again, I, I think he's going to. Yeah, I, I don't, he's, he and Tua both said they're going to play. You do need to have caution, as we'll talk about in a minute. But they yeah. both have been kind of limited in practice, but are practicing. Yeah, my biggest fear with this is I feel like – this is the perfect trap game or like we're expecting it to be high scoring. Then it ends up being like 20 to 17. So like I still have both dolphins and a, and chase up in my top 10, but like, I feel like 
only one of them is going to end up finishing there. I, I just I have a bad feeling this is not going to be a high. We're about to have the tonight. third eleven to ten game in the history. yeah. I feel like it, but anyways, I do have Waddle up there because I think you've got to put him there because he does have that ability. At nine, I have Pittman. They're getting Tennessee, who has also just been a like wet fart of a team this year. They're not good. I, sorry, I just I saw you taking a sip. I should have said that, but. Matt Ryan looked better last week, and I think he's going to continue to target Pittman. I think he's going to be perfectly fine. For me at nine, I'm sorry, at eight is A.J. Brown. Again, Jacksonville, I expect this to be a very good team. It seems like they're almost flip-flopping who's having the good weeks here. First it was Brown, now it's Smith. I think it's going to go back to Brown having a big day here against the Jaguars. Seven, I have Devontae Adams up here too. Like, I, I just... He's so good, even going up against some of the best corners in 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 the NFL with Denver. Like, if Derek Carr goes back to targeting him, he's going to get his. We just need to see. And I wonder if maybe not having Hunter Renfro out there last week hurt a little bit. I I mean, I think we're starting to see what you've said about Josh McDaniels this whole time. Maybe true. I mean, you see, you just mentioned the Cooper Cup rushing thing. I just want to throw this out here really quick because I, I did see some of that game. Nowadays. You see wide receivers lining up in one spot, and then by the time the ball is, you know, sent to the quarterback from the center, as soon as, as soon as he calls Hutt or whatever, however you want to word it, the wide receivers are typically moving. They're putting wide receivers in motion. Devontae Adams was moving all over. The, they're just like lining Devontae Adams up at X, and just that's it. Like Josh McDaniels is doing nothing to disguise anything, and I think that is hurting Adams a little bit here. At six, I have Tyree Kill. Again, I mentioned I, I just I have a weird feeling this is not going to be a high scoring game, but again, he's got the ability to make any play. One play can make your fantasy day with him just taking it to the house. At five, I have Justin Jefferson. New Orleans. I mean, it's it's at New Orleans in the dome, possibly. I don't, who knows with the I don't know if that if the hurricane's going to affect this game at all. I don't think so. No, it shouldn't. No, um, okay. And Minnesota versus New Orleans is in Wembley Stadium. Oh, oh, that's right. It's the it's the which we don't ever typically see those good games either in England. So the hurricane will not affect that. It will definitely not affect as far as we know. Well, you know, I don't want to rule anything out. But right now it's looking. No, it looks like it's going to be fine. But Justin Jefferson also doesn't always dominate the way he does out in outdoor stadiums compared to indoor stadiums. New Orleans, you know, for whatever reason, Marcus Lattimore, Marcus Lattimore's back. Probably have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. No, he didn't get suspended, right? Yeah, uh, he didn't get suspended. Yeah. He got a fine. Marcus Lattimore out there against JJ. I think he has a slightly lower game here. Amon Ross St. Brown comes up for me next. I just expect him to continue to get targeted. I know he's listed as questionable, but Seattle's defense, I don't think, is going to be able to slow him down. At three, I have Diggs. I mean, you just mentioned it. The Baltimore secondary has been bad since last year. He's getting targeted in, like insanely. It, one of the reasons I thought Gabe Davis could take a step forward this year is I didn't think they were going to target Stephon Diggs 30 times a game. It looks like they're still going to target Stephon Diggs 30 times a game. So I expect him to have a good game against this bad secondary. Two, I have Chase. I just think Burrow is going to try and rely on him in a big game against the Dolphins. They need this win to try and get closer to 500. And then number one, as you mentioned, Cooper Cup. Had a had a bad week last week. Typically, that is not the kind of week we expect from him. I think he bounces back in a major way this week. 
Yeah, and I have Amon Ross St. Brown in my top 12, but they talked about the foot and ankle issues and um, whether or not it would be wise to sit him, which makes me a little nervous. Part of me thinks they're just going to go with Jamal Williams going well and try to pound the S out of Seattle, um, which is why I, you know, I still love Amon Ross St. Brown's talent. And if I knew he was going to be healthy, I'd vault him up too. Uh, for tight end, um, number 10 for me, Zach Ertz. Um, tight end is not a great position, I'm going to be honest. Uh, number nine, I have, or yeah, number nine, I have Dallas Goddard. Um, he's still getting volume. Those wide receivers are there. I think that limits some of his upside. Number eight for me, Gerald Everett has felt like a great fit there for the Chargers. Seems to be a good outlet. Uh, number seven, Kyle Pitts. Um, He's getting volume and targets mostly, hasn't always gotten incredible production. I think the better Drake London and Cordero Patterson do, uh, the better it's going to be for him finding open spots. Uh, Number six, Dalton Schultz, supposed to be coming back. Should be a good game against Washington. Uh, Number five, Pat Firemuth. Um, Mitch still looking for him, and unfortunately for us, it's still Mitch. Number four, Darren Waller. Um, he's actually fared better than Hunter Renfro. I'm not confident Hunter Renfro even plays again this next week or that he gets his job back from Mac Collins because nobody likes pulling obscure players and vaulting them over your heroes more than Josh McDaniels. Number three, George Kittle. Um, I think this 49ers Rams game, there's always a lot of good intensity and energy there. I think it'll be a big return for him after he eased in last week. Number two, Mark Andrews. Um, you know, I would expect at least one touchdown. He's still probably the best part of their passing game. And then number one, Travis Kelsey didn't have a great game last week, dropped a couple passes, which is uncharacteristic. I think he might want to come back and uh, have a big showing this week. All right. So I'm going to give my 12 because like my, my 11 and 12 are very close to my number 10, which is David and Joku at 10. I, I don't think he does what he did last week and getting you almost 20 points, but We've seen this from him the past couple years where, like, he has a good game, a bad game, and then it kind of seems like he's unlocked in this offense and he gets hurt. I really hope that they're able to continue to feed him the ball. feels like Brissett is going to be able to get it to him. Uh, But I do have Tyler Conklin and Gerald Everett right there with him. They they were kind of like the three I was debating between. Conklin's been really good. I have Gusecki and Conklin. Gotcha. So, yeah, like, I'm right there with with you on those. So, nine for me is Hawkinson. You know, I, I didn't. I kind of hedged a little bit. I put him on raw very high because I wasn't sure if he's going to play. I, I hope that he does. I'm putting this based on that if he does. But if he does, I think Hawkinson could see a decent amount of targets as well here against Seattle. At eight, I have Goddard. Again, really, really good game here in Jacksonville. I'm very intrigued to watch this one. At seven, I have Waller. Um, if Renfro is out, then I do expect him to get targeted fairly heavily as well. Six, I have Pat Fryer moves like He's not been great, but he's actually been really steady every single week. Like, he's still getting you right around, I think, eight to nine points a game, which is not bad for a tight end. Like, he's been fairly good. I think he just continues to be really good until probably they switch to Kenny Pickett. Five, and I'm probably, like, unreasonably high on him this week, but Higby, as you just mentioned, I think this is going to be a good game between the Rams and the 49ers. Uh, The Rams really want this one, as I'm sure the 49ers do, and I think Higby could be a beneficiary here. At four, I have Kyle Pitts. Look, we would have had a much bigger day last week if Marcus Mariota doesn't sail the ball like 15 yards over his head as he was wide open streaking down the middle of the field. I think they actually connect on a few of those. 
the Browns' biggest weakness has always been the tight end position the past couple seasons, and they don't have anybody who can keep up with Pitts. And I think there's a realistic shot that Garrett misses this game, and if Garrett and Clowney are out, I think Mariota's going to have a little bit more time to be able to find Pitts down the field. So I think Pitts is going to have a bounce-back game here. At three, I have George Kittle. I mean, you mentioned it. Massive game here against the Rams. He's back. He's healthy. I think he wants to go out there and just straight up destroy people. And let's just hope he doesn't get injured again. Two for me is Kelsey. I We talked about this at the beginning of the season. It was like Cooper Cup's going to be stuck at one. Jonathan Taylor at, at one at running back. And Travis Kelsey at one at tight end. I've shifted. Until Andrew shows me that he's slowing down, he's moved to my one every single week. I mean, he's top target share in the NFL over everybody. Receivers. Running backs, like he's Lamar's guy. The the offense is going to run through him and Lamar. I just think he's got to be up there right now. So Kelsey at two, Andrews at one for me. Yeah, it really can't go wrong if you have either of those two. It's tight end is still deep, but it hasn't been as productive beyond those two consistently as we hoped. And I think that's why, like you have Minjoku and. Hawkinson in your top 10, I have them 13, 14, and I have probably guys that were up in mind that you have down there. It's really getting harder to have incredible confidence in some of the yeah. range beyond those top two guys, especially because I had my hopes and dreams for a Dalton Schultz tight end one season kind of hit the wayside. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftBook Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. All right, so let's move on to that Thursday night football game. Again, the Dolphins at the Bengals here. So the Dolphins injuries, you've, we, we've been talking about it here. Tua, Jalen Waddell, Xavier Howard, and Byron Jones are all listed as questionable here. If Tua misses this game, how do you think this impacts the Dolphins and their offense? So then you're going to Teddy Bridgewater, you know, and if you were going to pick one receiver to be missing uh, of the two, uh, if Teddy B was out there, it wouldn't be Waddle. Um, it would probably be Tyreek. I don't know that Bridgewater's game meshes with Tyreek that well. Uh, Cedric Wilson also dealing with a little bit of an injury. I think it could be a big Mike Gusecki game. The real curiosity to me is, you know, we mentioned Mike McDaniel coming from that 49ers system. Before that, he worked with Washington. He worked with Atlanta. He's always been part of some pretty good rush offenses. The rush offense has been borderline heinous for um, – 
the Dolphins last week. I had Chase Edmonds in my sit column if you look at uh, Campus to Canton because he's just not getting production now. Unfortunately for me, Chase Edmonds fell into the end zone from one yard away twice, but he only had seven touches for 27 total yards, and that includes receptions. He might do well with dump-offs if Teddy Bridgewater goes out there. I think the more interesting would be if Tua doesn't play and Waddle does play, then I still like Waddle um, potentially with Teddy Bridgewater because we saw Waddle operating in screens and closer uh, to the space. I think they may also try to do more trick plays like handing the ball off to Tyree Kill on double reverses. I just don't think you'll see those big bombing down the field plays. That does not seem to be a Teddy Bridgewater strength. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, if Teddy is a starter, as long as Waddle plays, I feel really good about playing him because I feel like he fits more into that Curtis Samuel role, mm-hmm. who we saw had that amazing season that last year Teddy was in Carolina. I still think, again, Hill will be fine because McDaniel will scheme ways to get Hill the ball, but like I think both of them should be fine. It's not like they're throwing out there, you know, Chase Daniel, like if Herbert ends up getting hurt and he's got to go out there for the Chargers. Like Teddy Bridgewater's shown us, while he's not a top 12 or 15 fantasy quarterback, he's still good and he can distribute the ball. Again, he finished what? I think it was QB 24 that year, but he had three wide receivers in the top 25. And again, he's got Mike McDaniel, who's shown he can call plays very well, very smart offensive mind. So even if Teddy goes out there, I'm still starting those two. Maybe you sit Kasicki. You don't feel as great about that. Actually, so Teddy B's time in Denver, the ones that benefited the most were tight ends. I actually think that would make me more confident of Gasicki. So then you probably start all three, right? You can't sit Hill unless you've got like Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, and Cooper Cup. Like you're likely not able to sit Hill. So, and if you have that roster, I don't think it matters. You start whoever you want. You're going to win the championship at that point. So I think then, yeah, if if you feel that confident about it, then I would start off. I think I have Gasicki at 14. So it's like I'm not super far off from you on him. Yeah, Um, I had him at 11. I'm not super pumped either. You just don't. Just don't know. Like, yeah. that's the problem with tight end. On the Bengals side here, Lyle Collins is questionable, and DJ Reader, the defensive tackle, is out. Matt, what do the Bengals need to do to win this game at home? Yeah, and the good news for the Bengals, if we were looking at the injury report yesterday, Mixon was on there, T. Higgins was on there, a couple other guys on there is questionable. They've all kind of peeled off, so that's a good sign. Really concerned. This offensive line, we, we've talked about the impact that it's made on Joe Burrow. It has crushed Joe Mixon in the rushing game. Joe Mixon has 163 yards, averaging 2.8 yards per carry through three games. <clears throat> That's not good for fantasy, but that is really not good for the Bengals. And I don't see that getting a lot better against the Dolphins. The Dolphins really smothered the running game outside of the quarterback for both the Ravens and the Bills the last couple of weeks. And they really held the Patriots running game in check, too. So I think that puts more pressure on Joey B. I think he's going to have to try to rise to the occasion and get the ball out quickly. They have three pretty great uh, receivers. You can see that the Dolphins, in addition to some other injuries, their secondary is banged up. Those guys look like they're tracking to play. Um, But we've seen that secondary get 
torched and give up some big plays. That was one of the hallmarks of that game against the Ravens. The Bills were able to move pretty good passing the ball at will. Josh Allen threw 400 yards last week. I know that the Bills didn't win because of some timing issues and some other things, but they were moving the ball very effectively through the air. I think that's what the Bengals have to do, and they hope to have to hope to finally catch some breaks. So opening day, they had like a million turnovers, and the Steelers had none. That was one of the reasons they lost. Dallas was able to get some like big turnovers and plays. Uh, last week, finally, we saw them kind of turning the tide. But at some point, luck's got to be in their way. If they can get like a turnover or two and they can successfully move the ball through the air, I think they can get it done. Yeah, they've got to get this offense going. I think they've got to just scheme plays to get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hand quicker. It feels like he's holding onto the ball way too long. You mentioned the offensive line hurting Joe Mixon. I think it's hurting Burrow too. Like he's just trying to get that ball down the field to to chase. He just doesn't have the time. For whatever reason, even though in my opinion this offensive line was worse last year as a group, they're playing worse this year, even though they brought in the free agents. So I think they've just got to scheme a way to get the ball out of his hands quicker, try and lean a little bit more on Joe Mixon and get going. Because if the Dolphins start to score and start to take a lead in this game, I actually don't know the Bengals will be able to keep up. So I think they need to kind of gut this one out, use the run game, play a little bit of defense, which is why I do think this could end up being a low-scoring game. So Dennis said that he is taking the Dolphins here. He thinks the Dolphins will hit big plays, putting the Bengals in a hole and pressure on that Cincinnati offensive line rest in peace to Eli Apple who does unfortunately have to cover either Jalen Waddle and he was one of those Bengals who was on the injury report as recently as yesterday so he's probably not super pumped the Dolphins are the smart choice here I'm gonna take the Bengals I think they find a way to do it at home and and just barely squeak out a win to get closer to being back to 500 yeah, so I went back and forth on this. I think in the end that Tua and Waddle are going to play, and so I went with the Dolphins. I'm not a little bit with Dennis. I think one or two big plays over the top. I think their defense is also capable of some big plays. If you watched last week, Josh Allen got put on the ground uh, a few times, and that defense does just enough. Um, I think they actually end up moving to 4 and out. All right, so that will do it for us today. Matt, Dennis, and myself will be back on Friday to recap this game and then preview the rest of the week for NFL Slate. Everybody have a great day. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. We'll see you guys again on Friday. Be sure to rate and review. Prepare for glory! Come on up, you got your pop on there. Who can make a break?